first things first, this is a disclaimer. This is a very heavy movie that tackles a lot of problems in society today, such as anxiety, depression, suicide and bullying. We take these subjects very seriously and we're portraying that in our review. If you're going through any of the issues in this movie, we will put links in our description for help. Don't have a silent voice. Reach out. What's up and welcome to episode 9 of How Not to Summon a Podcast. I'm Shini Senpai and this week I am joined by that man who's always socially awkward, Jim. Ew. And that guy who's a sucker for a love story, Grayson. You're right, gang. And this week we're going to be going through the movie A Silent Voice. People try to put us to death. Just because we get around. Talking about my generation. This ain't do the if any of you have not seen the movie i would highly recommend that you go and watch this before listening to this it is a real good film that we're going to be talking about today yeah it's excellent a solid ass movie so the genre is it's a family drama but i'd say it was more of a love story than anything else agreed this is a love story it's a love story not a romance, it's a love story. Okay. So it box officed only $33 million. Really? Yeah, That's I was surprised it. by that. Jesus Christ. Even though it comes in on IMDb at number five, it only box officed $33 million. What, so it was a hit after it was released? Basically. Okay. Yeah, seems okay. like it. It's like a slow burner that people obviously just found and then they started to like. So the director was Naoka Yamada, and he's most known for working on K-On!, Hey, I love K-On. I don't. I'm indifferent to it. It was written by Reiko Yoshida, who also worked on K-On. Hey. He's also known for working on Violet Evergarden and Clanned as well. Clanned is quite popular. It was popular in Japan. It was like they released various video games and things of Clanned. It's like a love story thing. No idea. The studio that did it was Kyoto Animation. Again, also known for working on K-On. Hey. And Violet Evergarden and Clanned. So this is like a tight-knit studio, director, writer that just seem to be doing all those things together. I focus on the main character only, voice-wise. Again, this is a movie that didn't contain people who had done a lot of voice work. So the only main character was Robbie Damon, and he voiced Shoya, the main protagonist of the movie. He's known for being Gil Thunder in Seven Deadly Sins, and he's also Moomin Rider in One Punch Man. Oh, wow. I did not know that. But that is it. He's not really known for doing, again, big roles. These are all sort of side characters in animes again. So this is his first big break, really. Yeah, no, this movie has a what seems like a close-knit group, actually. By the looks of the producer, the director, everybody that's in it, it seems like... The what? Shut up. The what? What did he say? Shut up. The producer. <laughs> it's a trap. We'll jump straight in with the opening part of the film. And we see what looks like a guy who's packing up his life. He's quitting his job. He's gone to the bank and withdrew all his money. And you're kind of like, what's he doing? Reminds me of a movie in time. Uh, I think that was a... Cool, that's a callback. What? In I time? Mean, I've seen it. Yeah, I you know, know what, what it is. About, yeah. You know the one where he's got the time of his life on his wrist. You get what that's I mean? the Justin Timberlake film. Right. Yeah. Okay. Justin Timberlake film. The guy who's on the bridge and has all that time. He... And then he saves him. 
that's a big stretch. It's but a reference. sure. Did this have Justin Timberlake in it? Yeah. Because <laughs> if not, I'm not seeing the yeah, connection. Yeah, <laughs> Make your own mind up on that one. All right, whatever. Anyway, we get thrown straight into what the film tries to tackle, which is one aspect that the film tries to tackle, which is suicide. Depression. Yeah, depression, suicide, anxiety. So we see this guy who's packed up his life go to a bridge, stand on the edge, and is about to jump. But he doesn't. Well, he sees the children playing down by the river. Am I right? Yeah. And Does that give him a throwback to what we then see later on in the movie and everything like that? Well, the following scene after that is when we get the awesome soundtrack. Yep, you heard it at the beginning. Amazing. And we get this flashback of this fun childhood that this character clearly had. So I guess when he's on the edge of the bridge, he sees the children the f- and the flashback's supposed to signify that he's reminiscing of how fun his childhood was. And eventually, obviously, that leads to him not jumping, I guess. But it's never really explained why he decides to not do it. No, I think that was supposed to be the explanation, is fondness of the past. And he kind of hopes again for the future. Well, it picks up from the flashback to him as a child back in school and we get the introduction of Shoto, the main female protagonist of the film. So this area of the film, when I, when I sat down and watched it, really confused me. So I was a bit all over the place when I started this movie. I was like, okay, fair enough. Go on a bridge. He's looked out. He's decided against it. Then I get the who. Then I get kids. And he's back to being a child. I was a bit like, where's this movie going? What is actually going on here for a start? I was well, really confused by it. We're starting where his problems all began is essentially what we're doing. We're, we're, they're trying to showcase what led up to him being on that bridge at that moment. And as I said, we see Shoto, who's the main reason why he ends up on the bridge. I mean, I knew instantly something was obviously not right straight away when the teacher's like, introduce yourself and she literally doesn't react. Yeah, I was, I knew something was wrong and I knew that this person was definitely going to be the main, one of the main protagonists of the story as soon as it happened. But I didn't, I really didn't guess what was about to come. I didn't guess. Even with the title of the movie i didn't guess what what was i thought she'd just be quiet i like, thought it I was thought gonna be shy shy anxious. quiet you know anxiety and stuff like that was still gonna be shown but, but then, we, what but we then get. she gets out the notebook and it all falls into place and it's like communicate with me via this notebook i still didn't get it still really? didn't get it when the notebook really? came out i was like oh maybe she just doesn't talk you know maybe this is how she communicates through her notebook you know i thought okay. that this was how she was because she doesn't talk to people she communicates through the notebook it was only the point where... Well, the following scene's in the singing lesson. Yeah. But just before that, Shoya has that weird video game thing go on in his head when he meets Shoto. And he it says the words, the final boss. No, I didn't understand that. I didn't get it either. So it he was looks at her and he's like, the final boss. Literally nothing. No context. No. Never met before. Told you. Like this, and it was this entire weird. section of the movie confused me. I mean, it's not long before we, we find out, for James's sake, that we find out during the singing lesson when she opens her voice that, oh, hold on, she's deaf. She's definitely deaf. So it's only at the moment when she starts to sing that we finally see that this girl is deaf. Or you found finally found out that she was deaf. I mean, I judged it by the notebook. Yeah, I judged it by the notebook, yeah. Surprised me. Didn't she say it in that thing, I'm deaf? No, just said, communicate with me through this notebook. I'm sure that's all it's I thought said. the teacher explained it. Oh, no, she says, I can't hear well or something like that in the notebook. I don't know. Maybe, sure. maybe I missed that when I was watching it, but when I was watching it, I was like, 
okay, maybe she just doesn't talk, which would understand, from my point of view, silent voice. This, yeah. this is a perfect example of why we only do dubbed movies. Because at that point, there was text at the bottom with the translations of what was on the pages, and I'm pretty sure it was the in co- there. The, yeah, but the colours messed up the yeah. translation, so and you couldn't read it quick enough. This and- is why we only do dubbed. Yeah. But anyway, straight after the singing scene, we get the first real problem that the film tackles, which is bullying. So as we get the reading moment when she's standing in class and she's reading a book. So this movie goes heavy. It goes this, very heavy. Real this heavy, movie real is real heavy, real quick. From the start where we see a guy about to commit suicide to tackling bullying. So I thought this movie is going to be brave. But it doesn't even tackle it. Like this teacher just allows it to happen and is so nonchalant about it. It's unreal. What it does is put it out there. Yeah, it yeah. Put, it puts it in your face it makes, and it shows you how shit it is for this other person. It makes you awkward. Yeah, it, real. It, it I does. felt awkward. It does. It does the a minute good job that. that Shoto does her reading and Shoya stands up and then tries to mimic her, I was like, "Oh my god!" I felt awkward for the whole situation myself. I certainly have flashbacks. I know that. Like it Jesus. was, it was not easy to watch. Even no. that small moment was like hard to watch. It made you angry. I was angry. I was fucking furious at this prick of a kid. I was and the angry teacher. at all of them. Yeah, and the teacher just was just like, "Oh, don't nothing. do that. Sit down." I was angry at all of them. In fairness, though teacher does redeem himself later on but not at that moment when he should have yeah well it's really it puts it in your face what's happening it makes you really angry at the obvious main character or one of the main character protagonists straight away for no reason no reason he he does this for no reason whatsoever he does it because he thinks it's funny yeah, yeah. but uh, he's showing off to the class obviously but i'm i also think that we're supposed to believe that he might have a crush on her as well i, mean, I think the, that's heavily implied we do get the standard hair pulling and yeah. name calling and winding up and wanting her attention yeah punching on the arm and stuff the breaking of hearing aids the yeah. pulling out of that's the, the bit where yeah, it it's just like what overboard and it went from that kid flirtation it to was pretty just pure fucking evil it's child evil yeah it was pretty evil as like watching it i was just getting more and more angry well we see all the kids sort of participate in this though because they do. the next bit is how they gradually begin to leave shoko out of the social groups so when you see it they encourage him all the way from through until finally he gets called out for it by the head teacher by the way who, who's like oh well um, it's when she bleeds from the ear yeah he gets a bit too rough no it's when the mum finally complains Oh, okay. The, like she's lost like six hearing aids. And they're and, like, expensive. Yeah, and they're expensive. And then the teacher turns around and he's like, come on, stand up. We know it's you. Well, even though Shoko's being left out, uh, we see the moment in the playground when they've all walked away from her and Shoya's still there and, and when he throws the rock at her. And she actively is like, I want to be friends. And she keeps doing the, the sign language signal for friendship. And that's when he throws the sand in her face. And oh, just Again, this. he just gets so angry at everything this kid does. And then yep. he also throws a notebook in the water. I was yeah. just like, oh, you're killing me with this. Come on. Well, we, we get the bit where they go into class and the teacher's like, everyone, we're going to actively learn sign language. Just a little bit, just to help with her and how we can communicate with her. And then that's when Naoka, the female character, who started out as her friend and then all of a sudden just becomes Literally horrible nothing. to her yeah. for no reason. I fucking hate this. Because she one. gets fed up of writing in a fucking notebook. and then, But then actively disagrees with the sign language and says, I'll write in her notebook if I want to talk to her. Even though she actively said she doesn't want to write in the notebook. This character was fucking horrible oh all the way through horrible i don't ever see that there's redemption at the very end but it had to come it had to come if you call it that if you call that redemption it's it's what they had to they had to put in for redemption they had to but fuck me she didn't deserve redemption no from my point of view like we'll we'll discuss it yeah go 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 it all it all leads into what we get is a bullying montage basically a 
of just constant, as you said earlier, ripping out the hearing aids constantly. It's just a horrible, awkward moment. Even for us viewing it, it was awkward and difficult to watch. And that's what it's designed to do. I'm sure. It's designed to make you feel awkward because I bet you at one point in the future, there's going to be somebody that's done exactly this to somebody. Not Or not exactly this, but something very similar. And they'll watch it and go, oh God, I was a prick. Not even that. It might just hit home for a lot of people as yep. well. Yeah. And I think that's what it's designed Certainly to do. did it's with me. To, yeah, it's supposed Certainly to tug on them me. heartstrings Definitely. hard as well and make people take a long, hard look at themselves. During the montage, though, I did notice the, the sort of counter music that they played alongside it. They countered the montage with what was happy music, which I thought was really well done. Because it was. It I, was supposed to I yeah, think it's his, mem- his memory is supposed to be that of a good one, which was yeah. the music. But what he's yeah. actually remembering is being horrible. Fantastic contrast. Yeah, between, it worked really well. Yeah, between the horrible actions and the fact that he thought it was fun. Brilliant contrast. Then, as James said, we get to the bit where he throws a notebook in the fountain. And that was the sort of epitome of everything then because once again she had attempted to be friends with him again and when you're watching this you're just like come on kid like just be friends with this yeah. girl for even Christ's if not sake. friends leave her the shitting hell just alone anything we were just crying out for redemption at that moment already well it was just like come on how do you not see that this girl needs a friend or just wants somebody to actually talk to or be friends with her she hasn't got anybody whatsoever and what do you do you actively go to make her life a living hell even further it was heartbreaking it actually was heartbreaking to watch it was so difficult to watch it was hard it comes to an end though when the mum finally complains to the school and the headmaster of the school comes into the classrooms like you need to whoever's doing this you need to come forward and show your attempts to put his he hand up he doesn't he goes he to raise it but doesn't he, does. he doesn't put his hand up at all he's like oh god I'm in trouble it, like everybody knows the who. teacher calls him out yeah and the teacher and eventually that's the, yeah. finally the teacher the turns teacher around and is something. like show you we know it's you stand up and take your punishment basically basically yeah, come get your yeah but then we also get show you go well everyone Everybody else was doing it as well. Well, this is when his friends capitulate and just... Well, they leave him. Ditch him. Yeah. They completely just they hang him out the dry. They dob him in. But and... this is the class clown's turning point. This yes. is when he realises he doesn't have friends. He has people that laughs at him, not with him. Yeah. He's not the class clown. He's, He's literally a guy that was friends with all these people and he was just following them along, doing what he thought was what everybody would else would... make him popular. Yeah, would make yeah. him popular. And then all of a sudden, what does he do? He pulls a rug from under himself by literally going, well, everybody else was doing it. And then they all go oh no we didn't do anything no no it was all him and, and the blonde realizes, girl cries and yeah really fucking Fuck, I, I hated her I hated her all the way through this is somebody who is portrayed as will never take responsibility for their yep. actions even though they weren't actively a part of it they still allowed it to happen oh no they were continue. they were actively a part of it they did do she would her. constantly just laugh at yeah. everything that was being done so again not actively taking part but encouraging. Just, just encouraging not doing anything about it that was her character throughout the whole thing that's why she was so irritating after the teacher obviously calls him out we get the phone call to his mum and when he gets home after well we get him being bullied first of all don't we yeah the roles are reversed instead of him putting one of the other kids in a headlock that he hangs around with it's the other way around yeah, we get another montage, it's but it's change. him that gets bullied. He literally suffers everything that he has done to Shoko. Good. Well, I wouldn't say it's bad, but definitely, Good. yeah, the roles Good. are reversed. His everyday at this life. point, I was just like, you're deserving everything you get at this but point. But it's that age-old saying of do two wrongs make a right? No. And they don't. 
I don't care. I, at this point, I was like, I want some sort of retribution for this But it took person. him to be somewhere near in her shoes for him to realise he's being a prick because no one called him out on it. I don't even think he does, though. I think he just drops straight into that shell. He becomes... He recluses himself. Yeah, he, re- as soon he, re- as he, he almost accepts what's happening to him. Yeah, he's basically he just like, yeah. He takes his lumps. Yeah, he's just like, okay, fair enough. Well, I think, first of all, it's the sign of betrayal. He's like, we're all my friends. They've all disappeared. And then it's like, oh, these people aren't not only not my friends but they're now actively trying to they're the exact opposite yeah they're now being the exact opposite and they're being exactly what i was and it's just like i think it hits home the moment when his mum takes him to apologize as they say but actually it's the mum that then goes off with the other mum well she gives her money for the hearing aids doesn't she that's what anyone else noticed this yes i knew exactly what had happened the minute it happened when the mum comes back and her ear is bleeding yeah, onto a shirt. I didn't notice this the first time around. I just I noticed instantly it on knew. the second one. I noticed it, and I was like, "What happened there?" Is she just like the other mum has ripped, ripped the well, earring yeah, out yeah. of the other mum? We we know that. that yeah, we... it's just like. Ugh. Although again, I didn't get it because it's not necessary. I'm not, no, I think not that's not the get it. Character. I got it, but I, you know, yeah. The mum's yeah, character it does is, fit the mum's character because she's constantly angry because she deals with people like him on a daily basis, yeah. no matter where she goes. After all his bullying, it comes to the moment when he is in the classroom and Shoya sees Shoko cleaning his desk. I mean, again, this is a moment that I knew what was going on. Yeah, she was I, cleaning the graffiti she off was, of his yeah. desk because she didn't want him to go through what she went through. Yeah, And also, I think it's a little bit of a throwback to him writing something on the board and then going, oh no, what's this on the board? I'll yeah. clean it off. I don't think she did it in a malicious way. She was genuinely trying to I think to wipe the whole the... movie, she's just genuinely trying to she's be a nice, nice person. to yeah. everyone. Well, she's trying to actually have friends. And then they start fighting. But this is also the moment, again, where I feel like he likes her, but he's still angry at the same time and because it's not a real fight. No, it's they grab each other's wrists and like push each other's heads back and stuff, but it, there's no actual hitting, slapping it's or like anything. It's like a frustrating... Yeah. yeah. The bit that gets me is the fact that he's saying, why did you even come here? If it wasn't for you, nothing would have been... You know, I could have just stayed the same and normal and stuff like that. And then she's like, well, I hate you, isn't she? She's just like, why? Well, I'm just trying to be nice and trying to be friends with you. It just comes to a T, doesn't it? And then literally straight after that, she transfers. Yeah. I think without the transfer, though those two would have eventually just fallen into each other's pockets yeah as friends i think not and not in the same way that we get in the movie but just out of necessity really there would have just been two people that were bullied that was like well we've only got i only got this other person to hang out with so that's what i'll do i guess yeah i i again i felt like they they had some sort of connection from the word go anyway but it was just handled in the way they wanted to handle it to portray obviously the bullying and the emotional stress it then skips forward to him as he's not an adult, is he? He's no, he's still in school. Yeah, he's like but high it's right school, near the end of, of it. Yeah, and we see him about to enter a sign language class. Yeah, so this is after the bridge scene, isn't it? It doesn't portray it, but it is. Well, Again, later is on, point. it says that he goes to see Shoko the first time to make amends with her before he kills himself. It's so tie, it's tie up I was sense. a bit confused about yeah, the, I, the timeline. Like I said, like, until it got to about this time, I was like, where are we? What, what point are we at? And I'd only just started to get to grips with where the plot was heading and what was actually I going think on. I think this scene was just prior to him about to jump. 
And then when it skips to the scene when he goes back home and speaks to his mum was up obviously after the jump. So we see him about to go into sign language. Again, you instantly know what's happening is that he's obviously learning sign language so he can make amends with Shoko. I mean, we instantly get that. Yeah, and it does show and he's being contrite about what he's actually done in the past, which is the start of a redemption. I'll give this that it's the start of a redemption arc for him. Well, he sees Shoko. And he goes up to her and, and we see that really nice moment where like she sees him again and he and he does his first bit of sign language and sort of that catches her off guard and she really loves it. I thought she was worried. So we see it. It's like she's really scared well, she, to she see run, him for a She start. runs away from him, doesn't she? Yeah, she's like, oh my God, he's back again. But is that out of panic or is that out of... I think growing up, she's rather than try and force herself to be friends with everyone, she has a friend circle now. Yeah. A tight one. And I think it's her sister that we I, I think it's only on. her sister yeah but she has a friend who because back then her sister would have been baby so yeah not someone she could have a conversation with or anything i think now that she's actually got someone who shows her a friendship she doesn't try anymore with everyone so i think that the natural instinct is to just run just leave them the hell alone and they'll leave me alone so after he's met shoko for the first time um she does actually invite him and says like i go to this spot every so-and-so day to feed the ducks so if you want to come and see me again, come and see me again. So she's obviously actively open to seeing him again. I think it's it's after the show of effort, though, that he's put in to learn her language. Agreed, yeah. It is because she's seen that he's attempting to communicate with her and obviously he's not the same person he was. And on her terms. Yeah. I still got it very awkward, though. It was still very awkward. Very awkward. Very awkward. To actually see and to watch still. I was just like, uh, what are they actually going to do here? She's still nervous about seeing him. Like, she was very apprehensive about everything. Even though he was trying, it was like he was having to force the conversation and that yeah. a lot of the time. Well, after this scene, he moves. we move into the conversation he has with his mum at home when his mum's literally calls him out. She's like, why did you try and kill yourself? And th- that was a really good scene as well. That was a strong moment between him and his mother. Um, again, when she burns his money, I was like that wasn't necessary but it's funny but they'd soon flip on that i think there's a lot of heavy-handed stuff in this movie and those little moments like that are absolutely necessary to reset your palate otherwise you are just gonna go in a spiral downwards yeah because of the amount of issues i get because it's heavy this is a heavy heavy film for us to be reviewing when it comes to his anxiety and depression and suicide it's brushed over very lightly a lot of the time uh, because it's not his movie no no it isn't but it has his problems as well yeah we're we're supposed to know them but not feel sorry for him and his mum is his rock in this movie she is his rock see i disagree on that at the start you hate him but as you see the movie progress and carry on i think you're supposed to get more and more and more sorry for him as it goes along i don't think you're supposed to feel more sorry for him as it goes along i think you're just supposed to warm up to him and the idea of you're on board for his redemption story yeah yeah i don't think that you're supposed to feel bad for him because he's done it to himself and even if he's a kid and the kids make stupid mistakes this kid went above and beyond and it wasn't until till like we say that it happened to him that he decided to turn it around when really if he hadn't have done that would he still be the prick would he go Mm. into adult life being that maybe and in fact i actually 
think we see that with one of the other people in his class. Uh, the blonde-haired person? Yeah, I can't remember his the name. The one that he hung around with as a kid. Kazuki. Kazuki, yeah. Yeah, because he's a friend of the main protagonist. No, he drops him like a hot rod. Well, that's yeah. what I mean. And then well, he drops him. He's the him. one that puts him in a headlock and stuff like that to show the, the change in um, the pecking order of their yeah. friendship group. Yeah, basically, yeah. And it's just like, that guy never changes his... He never yeah. has any And I think he's supposed to be there to show us that. To show us that if what happened to him... He's supposed to give us that measure. Yeah. That's it, some somebody that we can measure the main character or one of the main characters against just to show progression. And I think that's what the other girl is for as well that really doesn't change and has that minute redemption at the end in the last like... Naoki. Yeah, in the last like, three seconds. I'm not having it either, but I think that she stays the same from childhood through this young adulthood to show us that change is something that doesn't always happen. Not straight away. Yeah, so he was supposed to like this character more because he points out that the people that haven't changed haven't changed. They're still assholes. Okay. Well, uh, we're uh, not we're not fed her backstory, but the way she's portrayed, I guess you're supposed to believe that she probably doesn't have the best upbringing. No, I don't care about that. Like, no, but it it's another indication of how difficult it is maybe for some people to change based on maybe. what they've gone through. But again, previously. you also get people such as one of the other main protagonists that has never had anything decent, but has never been horrible or mean to anybody. You, you know what I mean with that? Like, she's always had hardships and troubles, but she's never mean or horrible or anything like that whatsoever. But I think she goes from... So I think they're two different extremes that both go to the middle point from either side of it. So you've got the one guy that is way too nasty and disgusting and horrible who then goes to the middle and you've got this one girl that is overly nice who then... Needs be- to stand up for herself. Yeah, who then eventually just does. Really she well. does eventually stand up for herself and runs away from this horrible person. So I think that their growth eventually gets them to the same point in the middle of that spectrum within the same area from two opposite sides. And it shows a major conflict as well whenever they meet. We also see his reputation follow him as well. So show you his reputation. He states that it continued on into his high school. Well, yeah, they all went into high school saying, oh, this is the guy that... Stay away from him. Yeah, this stay is away the guy from that bullies people. And, yeah. yeah. So he carries that. And because he's carried that rep, it's when we first see the portrayal of anxiety. Which I absolutely love. I love the way they did this. The X on the face is brilliant. Yeah. Simple. It was such an easy way to portray the fact that he just wasn't listening or he never paid attention to people. I think this is the first time that you hear everything's muffled for him. Well, you hear his inner dialogue, the self-loathing that he has where he's just pretending Don't that he, everybody's talking about him. Yeah. Oh, look, he's looking over here again. He's so weird. We see him so in his shell, so full of self-loathing and anxiety that he just will not communicate with anybody. Yeah, and you don't hear anybody's actual voices whatsoever from those characters unless they interact with him directly. Even his old school friends. Yes. We're not friends. I say friends in that term. but The loosest of the social circle. Yeah. Even they have the X's on their faces. It's only then we get the moment where the guy who's having his bike stolen. Tomoro. Tomohiro. That's the one. Nagatsuki. Yeah, Nagatsuki. Nagatsuka? Oh, God. Yeah, Nagatsuka. Nagatsuka. So I've got, got Tomohiro. Yeah, let's go Tomohiro. Tomohiro's good enough, right? So Tomohiro, we see Tomohiro having his bike stolen, and it's the first moment where he steps in 
to help somebody else. Yeah, by giving him his bike. Well, yeah, he has his bike stolen in- instead, but it's the first time he actually attempts to help yeah. or get involved in somebody else's life. And here's something else. Yeah. He pays attention to something in the world that isn't directly aimed at him. I love this character. It's the first step for him as a character redeeming, not redeeming himself, but tackling his anxiety. Yeah. And I mean, Tomohiro, for me, is the one that keeps the palette clean throughout the entire... He's a necessary character. Yeah, he is so necessary to this movie because, like we were saying, it needs some sort of comedic relief at points and he is that comedic relief character in this. Well, after that, he goes back to go and see Shoto again and that's when we're introduced to this other character who, I'll be honest... Didn't know if it was a boy or a girl to start with. I think you're supposed to to think that though, because she says, "Yeah, because they I'm think it's a boy." Boyfriend. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She references being Shoto's boyfriend, but we see them not let him in, and we're like, "Oh, hold on a minute." So this is the start of oh, Shoto's got other friends now. Although, where are, where are they? Because she's in a room full of old people. Um, What's that place supposed to be? It's her class, isn't it? But there's like oh, old people in there. No, it's a sign language class. Why would Shoto be in a sign language class? Still learning? No idea. Maybe. Maybe she's know. teaching. Maybe she's part of the class. Well, she's sitting at a table, one of the desks, isn't she? I, I just didn't know where she was supposed to be at that time. Again, another open-ended piece that you're supposed to interpret in this movie. There's at least four or five of these before we even get to this point. Maybe it's lunch break. If Possibly. Our, if our little sister's <sighs> no there. Idea. Well, after he's denied entry, um, we see Tomohiro. Yeah, Tomohiro um, comes up to show you and actually starts saying, hey, yo, yo, I found your bike and everything. And the X falls from his face. falls off from his face. And I love that. We finally see... The first person let in, Yeah, basically. And the thing is, like I said, this boy makes such an effort with Shoya, doesn't he? And he spends the day with him. We get the whole day... And he starts to smile and have fun. And that's the first time we've seen that since, obviously, he was bullying as the child. And then we see him attempt to go and see Shoto again. And this is when the other character turns around and goes, I'm Shoto's boyfriend. Stay away from Shoto. She doesn't need other people like you trying to make amends. Yeah. So this, uh, we're supposed to believe that somebody else has attempted to do this as well, although it's never referenced again. But he does then go and meet her at the bridge at that predestined spot that she said that I go to and feed the ducks. I thought he leaves in that moment where he gets turned away the first time. He leaves. His friend jumps in. Yeah, and, and his friend runs. then jumps in. Yeah. Yeah, and then Shoto looks at him and he runs off and he, go- he runs to the bridge where they were going to meet anyway. So yeah. I don't get it anyway because they, they literally meet at that spot anyway and they start feeding the ducks it's a nice scene well he goes to give her the notebook and then realizes maybe i shouldn't give you the notebook back because it's just full of my hate his ha- everyone's hate the all the bullying that she suffered was in that notebook so he was like oh no actually don't look at that and then it all goes in the river and they all go in the river yeah they all go in the river she jumps in after the notebook and then he jumps in after her and, and then we get the boyfriend take the photo and it's like i've got you now I yeah mean, that I confused me because yeah. yeah. again because we're not accustomed to japanese laws and traditions we weren't to realize that you know you can't jump in the rivers is illegal but we see that that photo gets posted online and he gets suspended from school yeah like, oh, come on like gets suspended for jumping in a river i, I don't <laughs> that's the, the strictness obviously of japanese obviously, culture yeah I didn't like that bit, by the way. The the whole taking the photo, he gets suspended. But without being suspended, it wouldn't have led into him then finding Yuzuru in the playground. Yeah, that's a very nice scene there. I when, actually enjoy when that he bit. actually takes care of Yuzuru and looks after her, takes her home, feeds her. Yeah, it's a strange. Why I... is she what looks like beat up, laying in the park, no shoes? Why? 
It's never explained. It's that never is explained. never explained. I think we're supposed to think that she's being bullied, so he's got a soft spot of looking after her a bit. But yeah, it's never never mentioned or explained. No. Ever. Again, another open-ended piece to this movie. He takes her home, and then we see him meet the mum again. Yeah, this is... I mean, it's what we expected, right? Yep. That woman's fully justified in... Hating this kid. Slapping him. I'm sorry, right? This is a guy that bullied your other daughter to the point that he, like... Suicide. ears bleed. She, yeah, hated herself. Like, and then all of a sudden, he pops up in your life again, and he's with your other daughter. Like, what the fuck is going on? She's justified yeah. in what she does, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Didn't have to slap him. She did. No, just, like, stay away. Would have good, done it. Good job she did I, that one. Good job that I weren't there, because that wouldn't have been a slap from me. Yeah, she did that one. She did the stay away, and she did the telling the mum to tell him to stay the hell away, and he still didn't. The kids. What, what, what are you going to do? But he's not anymore. Yeah, true. But he doesn't listen to the mum, because he continues to hang out with... And she Shoto actually wants anyway. still. And she, Yuzuru. She does actually want that. Though. Yeah, they both do. Yuzuru likes him... Well, she warms to him slowly throughout the film. Yeah. But he, like I said, he doesn't con- he doesn't listen to the mother. He continues to hang out with both of them. And then we get Shoto asking him to go and find Miyoko, the only person that in her childhood was friends with her and accepted her. Yeah, we also get with Yuzuru, don't we? Um, something that confused me during the time. But I mean, it seemed like just a small part, or like a small trait where she was taking photos of like, dead animals and stuff like that i didn't the payoff for that is later on yeah the payoff for that i was like oh maybe it's just a project that she likes doing a little bit weird but fair enough i took it it as that i just took it as part of her oh no when it comes together later on it's fantastic again another genius little small thing that they put in there's little things that they add in that pay off later to a massive end well we see them find miyoko i mean miyoko character wise She's this character that's, what, scared when the going gets tough, she runs away, basically. Yeah. That's how they reference it, that um, she's a coward. She doesn't like to get involved in confrontation whatsoever. Doesn't like to deal with things which are difficult. Yeah. Well, as soon as they start talking about boobies, he leaves. I get we have to have that moment for some reason. Even in a film that is so chocked full of all these issues, they still throw in a booby gesture. Why? Two types of fans. It doesn't fit in this movie at all. No, it's not necessary. It wasn't out of place. He could have, yeah, but just them having a conversation, him going, I'll give them some time and walk off, would have been fine. Yeah. You don't have to have that moment. It's Take that out. Yeah, it needs taken out. It's it one of my fixes. Needed. It's, um, yeah, they could have literally talked about anything and him just sat there silently or being, just, being I'll ignored. Give you your space. Yeah, just I'll... being ignored because she's actually talking to someone she wants to talk to who is excited to talk to her yeah. and then just have him chuff off. I'd have rather had uh, this girl have the question to um, show you. Why are you two? Why are you together? Why are you two together? Yeah. No, she doesn't like, question that. Yeah, at that's all. what I mean. There's no question about that whatsoever. If there is, it's an off-screen conversation. Again, that they have more context that you have to read into. I mean, he has to walk away because it's the moment that he sees the cat girl uh, now occur again. I hate her. Just every time I see her, I just hate her. You're supposed to. I enjoyed her character. No, because she was so necessary for the movie. Yeah, you don't okay. have to like her character, but she was a good character for what she brought to the film. She's just cruel. She's yeah. just cruel because you see, you see her in the cat. Well, he goes girl. to try and find her, doesn't he, in the cat cafe, and she hides from him. Yeah. Well, doesn't she get asked, or doesn't he get asked by Shoko to go and find 
Uh, no, she doesn't. Uh, no, no, she like gives him a card or something. I think at this point he's made his mind up that he's going to try and see or make an effort to go and see all these people and attempt to speak to them again. And try and reconnect them all? Yeah, that's his idea anyway. And that's what he's desperate to do throughout this point. He almost makes a conscious effort. As soon as she's like, I want to meet up with this one character. Well, no, doesn't um, Shioto, the girl? Shoko. 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 Doesn't Shoko want to meet? one of them so he assumes that she would want to meet the rest yeah that might be yeah that is right it's it's her idea so then he's like well if that makes her happy then i will go do that yeah but yeah yeah, he goes to the cat cafe and naoka hides only for the next scene to be that she then appears and jumps on the back of his bike i want to go to one of those cat cafes by the way that's not what he expected to go to by the way i know it was he was expecting a seedy place wasn't he because he even references like well this isn't what i expected I'd like to go one of them, see what it's like. Well, seedy place. Uh, no, the cat cafe. <laughs> I want to go to a dog cafe. He gave that well. thought, by the way. Yep. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, he sees Naoka again. She gets on the back of his bike and she's like, oh, we should hang out more. It's been ages. And then she spots Shoko. I mean, this bit, it makes you angry. I want to punch right? it. Yep. I want to go yep. for this girl because I'm just like, what, what makes you... You dick. <laughs> yeah. There's no justification There's no for justification. There's, oh. been, there's been years between no, these two she seeing thinks, each No, because she other. thinks it's funny. She thinks yeah. it's going to make Shoya laugh. Yeah. Because she thinks Shoya's still the same as what he used to be. That's what she does it for. That's why she storms across the road, pulls her earpiece out again. And no one, aid, no one else in the street is like, hold on a minute. You're stepping a, in. Yeah, somebody well, in public is stepping into that. Shoya steps in fairly quickly, to be fair to him. He does Fuck all. He, he steps does in, he gets to hear it. It's not like he's going to get like, aggressive with her. Why not? Because he hasn't got the oomph anymore. Well, yeah, that's true. He hasn't got the oomph. But, but that, still... That fire that was there is dead. Yeah, yeah but, but now even... not being aggressive as such. She's just being a dick. Is she not? No, she's just being a dick. Yeah, she is just being a dick and making uh, fun. She's not, like, grabbing her and It's not actively her aggressive or anything like that. She's just trying to mess with her again. Because that's all she knows, because she hasn't grown up. She's we, still yeah, in that same state. We see she state. hasn't changed. Yeah, she's still in the same state. I have nothing further to add But on this her. is, again, the necessary moment, the necessary character that Naoka is. Because she, to Shoya, is what Shoya was. Whenever he's with Naoka, it's a reflection of his character continued on if he just kept going the way he was. And does it not make you guys feel awkward? This movie is designed to make you feel awkward. Not awkward, I was angry at that scene. I was angry. No, I was still awkward. Like, I was like, oh, this is, this is not right. This is... This is also yeah. the first time I rooted for him to do the right thing. Like, yes. I just rooted for him. Just, well, like, step in. Just I was step actively in. like, do the right thing. Here. Yeah. Do it. This do is the first you time do, you, yeah. you, do, you do that. And that's why we need her, because she forces you to do that. Yeah. Okay, yep, true. I still don't like her. Also, when he meets her on the back of the bike, no X on her face. After she's done that little bullying moment... X goes back on the face. The X goes back on the face again. Another reflection of, I don't want to know you I think at it's all. A, it's still anxiety, because she's like, oh, well, you, you haven't changed at all, even, even though you're doing this, trying to be nice. It's an indication of him shutting her out of his life again. Yeah, yep. it's, it's shut down of those conversations that he doesn't like to deal with. It then jumps into the moment when Shoko has changed her hair. And, I mean, we get what's going on. 
on, right? Yeah, she's trying to impress him. She's changing her look, her style for him. Is it changed to Nooka style? No, no, it's just she it's puts just her, she puts her hair in a ponytail. I thought she That's changed it, it to somebody yeah. that he was talking no, to. No, Nooka doesn't no. have a ponytail. Okay, no, she she does change it though, and the sister references like, well, why have you changed your hair? Yeah, and then he works it out because. She, well, he asked the other friend in the, the class friend, like, yeah. later. But Why do you change your hair? It's when they meet on the bridge. I mean, what a, a lovely but frustrating moment that yep. was. I mean, we see her actively go out of her way to talk. And say, I love you. Well, well she just actively tries to communicate yeah. with him without the on use of sign language. this time. Yep. She's tried, she tries so hard. It's such a great moment. And then we see her try and say, I love you. And it needed to happen. This needed to happen. The payoff for this later on is excellent. There wasn't much of one. This but... is what makes this film not a romance, but a love story. Yeah. yeah. It's because there is no never, romance. There, well, there's never a mutual confession or consent between the two of them. But there, there is, is something there. There's no yes. romantic scene. There's lots yeah. of lovely little scenes. There is romantic scenes without payoff. So we get romantic scenes. I don't think it's romantic. I think the drive... So this right here is supposed to be a romantic scene. There's beautiful moments and between you don't get them. The yeah, the drive of our main characters is never to love each other. That's why it's not romance. It's But they end up falling into that role. Everything naturally. that happens, you don't need the actual signification that these are a couple. Yeah. You know that these two are in love by the end of this film. It, you don't need that gratification of solidifying the relationship yeah you never get that payoff you don't need it you don't yeah need you it. don't need it but it frustrates you the first time because you think you're going to get that payoff you do you think he does the most frustrating thing where he's like what 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 and you're like oh dude i, I understood her i fucking understood her it's clear as fucking day what she was saying he's got fucking and then Kiriko he mentions is. the moon well you see i looked into this in japanese culture talking about the moon is a way of confessing your love to somebody. Okay, so this is something that's lost in translation on the Yeah, Western so audience, it's then. lost right. in our sort of Western translation, but apparently it has some significance in it's kind of a return of the feelings. Right. But it's not the return of the feelings because obviously she actively wants him to turn around and say it back or even just understand her in the first place. Yeah. And we see that she gets upset because of this. And she's got him a gift. Yes, it, yeah. It was a really odd gift. The plant yeah. things. Because later on it's like, oh, that's what they're for. <laughs> <laughs> completely pointless. Do you know what, what was this gift? I've completely... It's, it's the three yeah. little characters on Lollipop a stick. Lollipop stick thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they're literally for plants. I thought it was going to be flowers or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't know. But it's something for flowers. Maybe it's, again, something that is I was expecting, on... like, a keychain. Like, traditional, every anime, the girl gets a keychain. Was it because he got a cat from the cat cafe thing and gave it to her? So then she's like... Oh, I went to the same place. Or did she go to the same place to get that? I don't know. I don't know. No idea. Like, we never, again, never get that context about what is this reason. I don't think it's needed. Like, who gives a shit about these lollipop sticks? (laughs) Again, they disappear into nothingness until literally like two seconds. Like, oh, that's what they're for when he's walking by them. So after their frustration, or the frustrating scene, we get the theme park when they actively, as a group, go together. That's when we see more exes fall off the faces. When he starts communicating with other people he has a social circle again yeah for the first yeah. time in years he has a social circle again and there's like the red-headed guy i can never remember his name the red-headed guy satoshi that's the one and we've got we find out that satoshi's actually always wanted to be his friend yeah anyway and we but also, because he's awkward we also he didn't get approach the him. blonde girl from the classroom as well because they have this conversation about oh Miki. yeah yeah they actually he during a small just scene. before the theme park. Just before the theme park, we hear, oh, yeah, well, I always wanted to talk to you and that and still wanted to be friendly and everything. Miki changes her hair 
as well. And that's when Shoya goes up to her and goes, is there a reason you changed your hairstyle? And, and that's because, well, she fancies Satoshi. Yeah. I mean, we're always believed they're a couple of some sort. But that's when he, I think the penny drops for him. I, I mean, think it so. must do. I think it does that. Even though they don't carry on any love confession or anything. Again, think, no payoff for it, which is fine. It's fine. I'm fine with this. But yeah, that's when he's the penny drops, I think, for him. And he's like, hold on a minute. She changed her hair maybe because she likes me. I think that's what is supposed to happen. And again, we get the frustration of the park. Well, throughout the day in the park, we get the inner monologue from him again, where he starts judging himself for having fun. He says, is it okay for me to have fun? Yeah, I'm having fun and I'm happy. Should I be? But great reference again to depression and anxiety. Because again, people who have depression and stuff like that always question themselves. Should I be doing this? Should I be happy? I think a big point of why he questions himself is because he stopped other people being that. So he doesn't think he deserves it. Deserves it, it, yeah. Because all she wanted was a friend to have fun with. And he did the exact opposite of that. So he thinks he doesn't deserve to have fun with friends. But his day does come crashing down when Naoki takes him to the food counter. To try and get this guy that Kazuki. hasn't obviously yeah. changed, Kazuki. He says something that wasn't necessary, right? I mean, yeah. What is it? Out Keep of nowhere. Your nose out of everyone's business or something like that. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, that's unnecessary. Unprofessional. Yeah, I'd have been speaking to that guy's manager. I mean, this guy's bitter. He's a bitter character. Not just bitter, but actively He's a spiteful character who looks at him having fun and is like, no, you're not having any of that for no reason either. He never does anything bad to this character. And it's the moment again where Naoki has the X placed on her face again. So throughout the day at the theme park, she loses the X when he starts to let her in again. And then the minute this happens again and she stitches him up, like, well, she, she's not actually She does attempting... try and do something that he was doing, which was reconnect with old friends. That's what she wants. She justifies it with that. Well, I'm just trying to get you to be friends again. Yeah. But... but then the X comes back on and he, he doesn't want to be no. because that means reverting back to what he was they were friends with a completely different person and then we get the again that annoys will. me so much that because he has shut her out she's then like well i need to take my anger out on somebody and then instantly goes another for like, shoko heart-wrenching moment yeah, right definitely. i mean when the sister yuzuru comes gives her the camera back yeah, with sets the camera, the camera to record yeah of them two on the Naoki and Shoko on the Ferris wheel. I mean... How does Shoya not lose his shit at this girl? This scene is so necessary because of one thing that Shoko says in the Ferris wheel, and that's when she says she hates herself. Yeah, and this is the point when you realise there's something... They're very similar. Yeah, very similar between the two. When she says that Naoki's got it all wrong and that she just hates herself for what she's done to everybody else. And this is quite late in the movie. This is about 30 well, minutes Well, there's hints left. at it. There is Yeah, there's at hints it. at her Because her little true... sister doesn't have friends. She has a sister because that's who she spends all the time with. Because her mum frustrated constantly because she's got this burden of having to do and deal with a deaf girl for all of her life being bullied, which is why she has no patience anymore mm. for people that do it and which, we get that from the grandma as well and we get it from the grandma as well although the grandma is a little warmer to it and just loves spending time with her grandchildren, grandchildren. yeah but when she sees herself as this huge burden for everyone yeah. i think that's where that comes from and that's when the penny drops in the ferris wheel. yeah when she says she hates herself that's when you're like there's more to this than you first well thought. we know this is going to be a key factor later yeah. on in this movie it was such a heart-rendering moment and but necessary, frustrating. I mean, this moment was so key to the whole film, really. And this is the point where I think Naoka should have been dropped like a 
Stone. Gone. No, sorry. Out of this movie. I mean, she doesn't pop up again until later on. Well, no, she's on the bridge. Like, in a little while. But yeah. that's after they've gone to the... When we get the, right, we get right. Miki backstab Shoya again in the classroom because Shoya tries to turn around and explain about the video and Miki's like, well, you're the one that bullied her anyway. And he's like, why, why are you not stepping up and taking responsibility for your share of what you did as well? Yeah. And that's when Miki's like, everyone feel sorry for me. He's the real bully. You, and then she dobs him into the entire fucking classroom. Yeah, entire class again. That he's a bully and the reason that girl left school yeah. and the exes go straight back on the faces of these people again and you're just like he realizes well he runs away well yeah he re- he runs away but he just instantly that's he, the block out he literally moment get, again. gets physically sick well yeah and it's just because he is like oh no it's happening again like I'm having this same problem again it leads to the bridge scene the confrontation between all of the characters so far and yeah. finally show you actually does something and he stands up to every single one of them. I know it causes like the rift instantly, but it's supposed to it's be a bad moment from him. Yeah. It is something that needed to be said to the, each of them. It I think this was him pushing them back again. It was because yeah. he, he let them in a little bit, which we got visually with the crosses falling off and him having fun and questioning that, and then we're supposed to have this is a very hard reset. And reverting back to before any of that happened. Yeah. It's perfect. It's done really well. Because even the guy... It does lead to them having perhaps a realisation of themselves. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. As you said, yeah, okay, it's probably necessary, but it's a they backtrack told, for his character. They are told some hard truths as well, even though it causes that rift. And Oh, yeah, he doesn't lie to any of them at all. He tells them exactly what they are. How it is, I just, yeah. I think it's a scene that is supposed to reset him. Yeah, but it also resets them. Yeah, it puts it pushes them to his point of view. Oh, How yeah. he has changed. He points out their bad aspects, so they do the exact yeah, same. Yeah, so he, he on even, a much less lesser size, he but even they says, do the exact I same. I actively, thing. you know, I've actively gone to see Shoya. I've tried to make these changes. I understand that I was a bad person, but you, you instigated it. You allowed it. You encouraged it. Yeah, which forces change in them as well, except the guy that is one of their... Yeah, well, the he's the one that's like, yeah, I thought I knew guy. you, yeah. and he's like, it's you like, don't know me I at all. I thought we were actually friends. And he's like, we're not friends. Well, he's just like, don't fucking try and judge me. Yeah. You don't know is that anything. The, this guy's nice as guy, shit. Yeah. This guy's nice as shit. Yeah, he's nice and friendly, but also I do get it from, you know, show your side where it's just like... Well, he pushes away... Tomoro? Yeah, I hate Tomorrow, that bit yeah. though. Tomoro is like, yeah. I just want to be friends with you. I don't care what's happened before. Yeah, but he, he even says that. He, he says that friends lash out sometimes and that's fine. Later on he does, yeah, but he still No, leaves. he even says, he like, says I can there. see you need your space and I'm going to give yeah. you some yeah. space. Which is perfect. At least we have something where it's just like, there's, there's a thread left in there. Because he forces himself to stay in. Yeah. Like, this yeah. guy's got no one. And he forces himself to be this guy's best friend. Yeah, Tomohiro is just like, I have nobody else. So I quite, I quite like you, mate. So hmm. I understand that he does look after like, him as well. Oh. Yeah, like he's he absolutely like, looks after him. Yeah, he's just like I understand that you're going through a tough time. So I'm going to give you some space, and we'll talk again soon. The, and perfect. The film then deviates away from his story a little bit because we start to see Yuzuru and her problems, um, and we see obviously the moment when she's having a conversation with her grandma. And the grandma's sort of saying to her, like, 
you've never had the spotlight on you. You've always taken a back seat to everything that's happened in the family sort of thing. And also about, you know, you don't go to school and stuff yeah. like that. Like you actively stay away from school. You need to do this. You need to start living your own life. If you know what I mean? Like you've constantly always looked after sh- show. I can't do it. Shoko. Shoko. Yeah. Constantly looks after Shoko, but you haven't looked after yourself whatsoever and you need to do it because i'm not always going to be here and then surprise surprise i mean i like the subtlety that they lead into yeah the death of the grandma well he he goes to the bridge doesn't he he sees her there crying and and he realizes there's a problem she's struggling with something and we don't guess that at all what it is we don't there's no whatsoever no 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 and then we see him lead her to the funeral area the sign he walks her there yeah and that's yeah, when and realization, yeah, the realization drops for him that she's going to a funeral. I think it was a real nice, subtle moment that wasn't a big deal, but it was just a nice moment. No, I think this is the point where they reconnect again. So Shoko and Shoya again do meet well. It leads up to there, them. They, they? They, they go on a date after this scene, after the funeral scene. Uh, the next scene is when he goes on that date with Shoto. There's a significant moment again during the date and it's the moment when he falls over and she goes to grab him and she signs to him and basically what she says to him is he's always going to be miserable when she's around she's blaming herself again it's another strong indication that something's not right with her that they drop in yeah and i think it's in reference to you know you were at the bridge you had all these friends and that and then i was there and i caused this again you know they all hate you because of what happened with me and you so it's like her Blaming herself for what he did, in essence, basically. Yeah. It leads to him having the moments that we see afterwards of him trying too hard to have fun. Yeah. And then he goes completely overboard. It's such an awkward moment. Forcing himself to... To have fun. Fake. With Yuzuru and and Shoko. Yeah. Yeah. We see this overly happy attempt that he makes... Because now he's just trying to be something for her instead of it naturally just happening like yeah. it did at the fairground. And then he gets invited to their house for her, the mum's birthday. And finally, we see the mum... So awkward. Bite her tongue, It's I guess. so awkward. She does just accept it. It's not like... She, she doesn't like it, but she accepts this is happening. Because even, I think, um, literally, the little sister, Yuzuru, is like, oh, come on, just let it happen. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen anyway. We're going to see this guy, so just accept it and then straight after the party they go to the fireworks yeah well yeah they, they invite him to the fireworks is that like the next day i guess I it's supposed to be a few days later or so there's no indication of time yeah there isn't no indication the party, of the time on that. but the, again we see the mum there as well so that she's obviously comfortable with him being around now well i think she's just accepted that this is something that's happening yeah she just needs to bite her tongue she has to bite her tongue and just accept this even though she doesn't like it and the moment at the fireworks, I, I didn't see what was coming. I sat there. When I watched this film, I was like, as soon as she left and he's like, oh, it's only just beginning. I was like, I called it. Yep. Did you call it? Yeah, I yep. called this. I was like, it doesn't stop it hitting as hard as it did. Oh, no. At all. I, it was worse because I was like, oh, God, oh, yeah. God, he's, when he's going when to. When you know where she's going, you're like, fucking don't, just don't. Just let me be wrong. Let me be wrong. Yeah, you, that's when you beg them not to write this bit yeah basically. yeah because you're just like don't do this i know exactly what you're going to do but don't do it to me and he gets to the apartment and i mean i guess you're kind of 
waiting to see. I expected. I expected light coming. I on thought and she's she hanging was. There. I was going to. Yeah, I, I okay. expected a hanging. Scene. I expected her to be or attempting to or yeah. had just done. Had just it. done was the bit that I was thinking. That, I, that's I what I was waiting for. I expected to hear some chair kick over or yep. something. That's yep. that's what I. And then the was, light flick on and that because happened. it went so silent. I expected such a subtle yeah. sound to be heard and him just go shit. Yeah. And kick into action. Instead, we get the frustrating bit where he fucking sees her on the balcony and he goes to run and he slips over and he fucking bumps into the table and you're like he's not gonna make it nope i thought that's it the, like, yeah, this was minute, i didn't think he did make it if i'm honest i minute, didn't think he did uh, yeah i thought he was gonna get to the balcony and go she's gone yeah uh, like, the and, bastards uh, that fucking wrote this bit and how they animated it i was like you oh, they fucking cocks how fucking dare you, you play with me like that <laughs> well, it was so emotional that bit because i was just like it was so slow as well that bit from him going inside the house, flicking on the light, to then normal conversation, normal her, conversation, him just and calling that. out very normally. Even the painstaking moment where he's hanging on to her, yep. you are on the edge of your seat, just like he's going to lose his grip. Yeah, she's so gonna, we should she's explain what happened. She jumps off the balcony during, she does, during yep. the fireworks. She jumps off the balcony, and you he runs. He slips over the table Ugh. or the chair or he something. He trips over as he's and going then, to help. And then it cuts to nothing. Well, she jumps. Yeah. yeah. She jumps. And then, fall. oh, the curtain whooshes. Yeah. And then it whooshes back and she's, and gone. she's gone. And then it cuts to him holding her Ugh. by the arm. By the hand, At yeah. the last minute. Oof. What a moment. But that curtain swoosh lasted forever. It yeah. lasted <laughs> forever. Like five seconds and you're just like... You see it go across and then it comes back and she's gone and you're just like, oh, she's gone. Because the last time you see him, he's on the floor yeah. looking out the window and you're no, just don't like... Don't do this to me. And then the next bit, he's at the... Wi- he's at, he's turned into the fucking Flash or something and he's right <laughs> at the bloody balcony holding her. Thank God he made it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but then it leads yeah. to the even worse bit that we get after well, it. We see her lift her other hand up. And, and she's not like, going to. Well, I expected her to, to... try and let go. Try and force him to get yeah. off of her arm. Same. Yeah. Right. And then I we see expected her... a, this is fine, this is what I want yeah. kind of speech, and then to her to just kind of slowly... Yeah, Yeah, but, yeah, but we also get from Shoya the thing of, no, I'm not letting this happen. Yeah. Come on. Well, no, I think she sees in his eyes... Yeah, that he's so desperate to... The desperation yeah. of not letting her go. Um, and then she gets her hand up and she puts her hand on the balcony. And you're like, yes, it's fine. But he's slipping at that moment as well. Did anyone see that coming? Nope. No. Did not see it coming. No. He I- uses what's left of his strength to pull her to the balcony, only for him to then fall, fall in the over the balcony direction, in the opposite direction. Goes. And I didn't expect there to be water. I expected him to be dead. Yeah, I uh, think yeah. that was the expectation, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, you see him bang his head and then the blood and then it cuts. But you see it, no, yeah. you see him fall into the water you see and then him you the see water. blood, but you don't see him like That's bang it. his head or anything. But I expected... Done. Dead. He's gone. That's it. Well, I mean, it cuts and it cuts to us finding out instantly that he survived it, at least. I mean, it doesn't leave you hanging in there very long, does it? No. You get the... Good, because this is heavy as uh, yeah. shit. It doesn't need to play on them heartstrings really any doesn't. more than it does at that point. You see that they go. There's the f- parent. Of, it's the it's the yeah. moment when the mothers apologise to yeah, each and other. See each other. Shoko's mother, basically, and Yuzuru both sort of get on their knees and and like beg for forgiveness for what has happened to him. Yeah, and again, I think this is two characters from the opposite ends of the spectrum, finally in the middle. But you somewhere. also see Shoko's mother expect to be shouted at and like punished how she punished did. but this it. changes the mother as well yeah it does 
And then you get another frustrating moment that I'm sure James is going to highlight when Naoka turns up and attacks Shoko outside the hospital uh, for bl- blaming Shoko for what's happened to Shoya. I'm okay. <laughs> I Does that make I, you angry uh, as well? Yeah. It pissed me off. It really pissed me off. And the mother did exactly what I expected her to do, a little less than what I expected her to do. But I th- It's another way, again, of the film trying to show that Naoka has more feelings for Shoya than you believe. Yeah think that her earlier was just trying to impress him to be something in his life mm-hmm. and this is her after this when everyone steps in she realized she doesn't have to be how she used to be to be in his life still a prick she well, he... still uses shoko as a punching bag and i yeah well she actively refuses to let shoko see him yeah, yeah which is just like how are you judging that she thinks she's caused it like saving her life almost cost his. Well, life. she even says to him, but she doesn't you know, know the backstory of why, no. or from his point of view, or from her point of view. She just knows a very simple fact that this girl tried to offer herself on a balcony, and it's cost him. Yeah, that's the context that she's got because there's no one there to tell her any different. One girl can't tell her, and the other one that can is unconscious. One subtle tone as well that we get from all of this is that well, it's a heavy tone, but there is a tone of it where it's about you know, suicide affects a lot of people. And it affects everybody at that time, doesn't it? Like, it hurts people really badly. Even attempted and that, doesn't it? It's when they drop the hint about the photos as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the bit that the payoff finally that we get from... Yeah. If she surrounds her her with death, she'll try and avoid it. Yeah. Yuzuru actively has done this on purpose to try and put her off of killing herself. Yeah. The photos are always of dead animals and stuff. Does that mean then they knew that she was... Suicide her sister, depressed. her sister knew. I don't think her mother did. They must because, have actively knew she was unhappy. Yeah, I think her sister knew that she was suicidal because she—that's why she takes the photos, surrounds her with death, so she doesn't try to become that. Yeah, and again, like she's she states, she's like, I failed in that as well. But look, her mother said it's not your responsibility to try and deal with this. It's something that we all should have taken an active responsibility in. I tried to protect her too much as well. I tried to protect her from everything and instead of exposing her to some of the harsh realities that was going on and probably I wasn't there for her like I probably should have been. Again, all of this stuff, heavy, heavy topics to talk about and this, it really does. It does hit like quite hard and quite heavy it's at the moment. It's moving freight train. Yeah. It, it never stops. The fr- of it, like, it, eats, it eases up a bit and then it's back on it and then it eases up a bit and then it's back on it. But you don't, it's not a roller coaster. And it's, it's not so drastic one way or the other that it, it you get whiplash. And it's a perfectly timed film. Yeah. As well. time, this is a perfectly time really timed well film. To allow you to get over the previous harshness to then ease back into a normal mode to then get a harshness rather than just piling it on you. Yeah. I don't think it would have hit as hard if they would have just gone bang, here's a hard bit, bang, here's a hard bit. I don't oh. think you could fucking handle it, to be honest no, with you. I, you could I, barely I, handle it as it yeah. was. Well, I mean, when I mean perfectly timed, I mean that along with the movie, but I also mean in real life. Like, in general, like, it's a well-timed... I, it's it's a conversation that needs to be had in the world, and it's starting to happen now. I think this movie came out at the right time. Yeah. yeah. I think the reason this movie exists is because of how... To start a conversation. Open are, how, ...how open people are about depression and anxiety and mental problems now. This movie is a reflection of that. Yeah. yeah. It, it does its job so well. It does well. its job so well. Because it gives you very, it, it gives you multiple perspectives yep. on on what it is. We then see Shoko kick into action and change her character in a slight way to be more confident 
and she starts going around trying to make amends with everybody for show your sake. She we tries get a role to, reversal. Yeah, we she tries to stitch the friendship group back together. Instant role reversal of this is what Shoyu was doing at the start, and now this is what Shoko's doing now. Do we think this is also because the last time she saw him genuinely happy and having was fun with all is those friends? When all with these all people were I think together. she does yeah. state that as well. She's like, you know, he was happy when he had all these people. And I mean, we also get that from, I hate that girl, but yes, she does mention it. Well, like, she stands outside the hospital day and night in the rain yeah. and everything, like just with that defiant her. look on her face of, I'm not going anywhere. This girl's amazing. Oh, incredible, yes. And the other girl is a complete and utter bitch. I, 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 I hate her. I hate her that much. I can't, I can't I remember she's... her name. I, is that angry every time Naoka. I think about it? Naoka. See, yeah. every time I think about that I don't person, think that it's who she is i just think she hasn't stepped foot into an adult life yet she's still living that school role yes and her at the end is doing what our main characters did years ago yes so we're not supposed to like her because she doesn't we don't see that change all we see is the start of it which means we're not supposed to like her at all but we're supposed to understand that what is happening to her happened years ago for us to like these other characters we then get show you awake from his coma and it leads to one of the best scenes um, close, yeah. When they when he runs out of the hospital and meets her on the bridge. Yeah, I enjoyed the music to this as well. I'm now begin to remember the the run to the bridge and well, the also, waddle, yeah. the waddle to the bridge. There's a lot of pain in yeah. this scene. A lot. Yeah, a lot because you can pain. see how difficult it is for him physically, but which is something he's not used to, but also something that doesn't phase him. Right, I'm calling this out. Right, how many times have we watched an anime now and somebody can just fuck off out of a hospital? <laughs> right no sorry happens. like it happens so often we've seen it with kirito just fucking off out look, of a look we need this for out. this scene we need it look it's needed but come on it's such an emotional scene everything emotional like it's under the fucking moonlight it's by the bridge on the river with where is they fed yeah. the ducks yeah you know, where he had his last tantrum enjoyable it's a redemption for a redemption arc it was the moment he said help me live yeah, it's he's he says to her, doesn't he? He's like he says he needs her in his life. Please, it, can you teach me how to live? Yeah, it's, it's an amazing moment. It's such Definitely. a good scene. But you get that you get that throughout the entire movie that he when he's narrating himself through his own head, he's saying, "Is this what I should be doing? Am I right? Am I happy? Am I supposed to be sad? I don't understand how to enjoy myself." If you know what I mean, like I I think the payoff for that right at the end is that you see from when he was young he was doing this because he was getting quote-unquote enjoyment out of it and he was having fun and being happy from his own mindset he then gets that completely knocked out of him by everybody and he doesn't understand like where his where he should be enjoying stuff where he should be sad where he should be happy and we get that for his entire time he loses himself that's what i mean he loses his ability to even think about his only bit of identity yeah the only identity he's got is being the class clown and that oversteps the line into bullying that's, yeah, all, that's then, all he's got after that he doesn't see himself as anything else until these other people come along and value him for him yeah and he becomes a social pariah at that point doesn't he, he he's outcast by everybody in the group and he's like well hold on a minute this is my personality this was what i was how do i change and that and he doesn't change he just completely recluses himself and this bit is the bit of him saying well teach me how to be a person if you get what i mean i expected this to be the end of the film that it would have been a great ending that scene i i was waiting for a confession i was waiting for the love 
to be mutually shared. That's what I thought was going to happen. I was like, they're going to meet on the bridge and he's going to say, I love you. I thought that. And she's going to say it back and, and that's going to be how it ends. And and then it continues. And I but was it's like, again, hold on a minute. This is not a romance. Not a romance. This is a love story. It's not the same. It then goes back to him going back to school and we see him getting ready. Finally, he's been allowed back to school from hospital. And the minute he gets back to school again, he becomes awkward because he's become the centre of attention and everyone's talking about him. That's the guy that was in hospital in a coma. All those exes are on faces again. And we see all the exes on everybody again. Yeah. Uh, even on his best friend. So he runs off to the toilet to hide. And then his mate comes in and just hugs him. And his mate comes in and is like, you will look me in the eyes. Yeah. He says, I'm just happy to well, have he sees, you safe and okay. Yeah, he sees how sad his friend is and like how happy he is he's okay. And, and it takes him back. Yeah. Takes him back, definitely. At that moment, he's like, oh, somebody actually cares about what I feel. And shortly after that, they all come to him, the group. Well, he drags up. them out. He drags, Tomohiro drags them out yeah. into the corridor, doesn't he? And they're all there. And they're like, look, we're sorry for, we realise that we Well, Miki finally problem. fucking admits that Steps up. She might have actually had played a role. We in were part that was of the problem. I yes. think that's yeah. even what she says that we all have to take active responsibility yeah. for what this, we did. This, she just did what he did on the bridge halfway through the movie. Again, this is the beginning of her story to change. Whether she does or not, we don't know. But that we're supposed to believe that she now sees things from a different point of view through adult or more grown-up eyes. And it's also no- Naoka's moment of change. Yeah, or the very start of what is supposed to be the change barely barely she has a go at her again right well, there yeah but she uses sign language yeah yeah calls oh. her a moron in sign language again oh that. well congratulations thank you but she's now to this is learn this, a new language to insult her in. this is the only way she knows to deal affection this is what yeah. this is her childish ways of dealing with affection she's it's the actively same. gone to learn how to communicate yeah. with shoko that she didn't need to do anyway i feel like you guys are having a teaching session with me about how to accept people because <laughs> <laughs> you're both looking at me like come on this is a redemption for her i'm just like no not it's, having it it's, the it's beginning. not so much redemption for her. it's we're supposed to believe that she's now putting in effort that uh, our main character put in at the beginning of the movie that's what we're supposed to believe we don't have any more context what happens afterwards apart from that but there is some some energy from her to see things from this other person's point of view guys can you teach me how to accept dickheads <laughs> you work in retail he does we that, do that right. every day <laughs> he does that all right himself yeah <laughs> oh god yeah that's what's a good up? point what's up what's up <laughs> after after that scene is the final moment of the film and it's when he walks outside with Shoko and he starts to cry because all of a sudden around him he starts listening X's drop off of faces I love this scene the, the, the way moment. he finally opens up again this is yeah, a this is great demonstration no just, it's at the school fate sort of thing yeah. it's at the school, school festival yeah. it's a school sorry. festival and he walks outside and all of a sudden he it begins to clear up that he can hear sounds and noises and people other, other people talking paying attention to the world it's the yeah. moment all the X's drop in unison. Yeah. That oh, was it's so amazing. Good. This bit Again. let me down a bit. Really? Down. This isn't how anxiety and depression works. You don't all of a sudden just it's a gradual. Get, they don't all of a sudden just get over it and everyone. Yeah, but it's not like he's actively going to go and talk to all these people. It's, it's not. It's at, he's just seeing them. 
Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. He's allowing himself to The way that they did it with everyone all at once, rather than, you know, as he's walking through the crowd, there's a larger bubble of people around him that don't have exes. Right. It is literally the entire world. So you'd rather a gradual build. I I don't need to see it. All I just need to see is him walking through a crowd like he did, and then the people immediately around him, the exes fall off because he's paying a bit more attention. And then, you know, have it another time. Maybe do another montage where that circle gets bigger. See, I disagree. I disagree. I don't think it would have been as impactful as that. I don't think it would have I don't think it would have been either, but that would have been the reality. Yeah. Uh, No, I get that. That's the difference between reality and... No, but I don't think the exes are there designed to say, oh, he can talk to everybody now and that's... It's just him seeing people. This is him actually actively looking to change and he will look at people now. It doesn't mean he's going to because we see him when he has conflict, which doesn't work out in his favour, the exes go back up. So it's not saying that oh yeah these are now gone forever it just means that there's a potential he now sees i didn't see potential i just saw cure and we know there's no cure for these things there is ways that you can deal with them and you can slowly make them a part of your life where they're not controlling i think maybe that's where we've differed then because i just see the exes as they're not him being cured they are i thought it was the impact yeah that it just had on so we'll do it a different way then because they do reference him looking down at his feet a lot whenever he's in school or he's explaining it to someone or he's in a monologue that he looks down at his feet to avoid eye contact with people why don't we have it from his point of view slowly looking up and the further he looks looks up the more x's that fall it just needed some graduation until he's literally eye level with people looking people in the face with no x's maybe we could have had this as a gradual progression for the entire movie and then have the zoom out of it being everyone at the fairground or wherever they were i'll tell you what i just think it was very ripping the ripping the band-aid off and that's not reality we needed some more balance for that what we could have seen throughout the entire movie potential fix to what you're saying it's not a it's not a broken scene or anything definitely it's not definitely not broken but what you're saying is that it's too quick this scene is too quick it's too instant and what we needed to see was that gradual progression throughout the entire movie now i can see that what we should have had was an expanding circle he could have heard more he could have heard certain noises certain things that were going on throughout the movie so we get to the fairground scene he almost hears everything he almost sees everything but then all of a sudden that again kicks down and breaks up again exes go back on faces he doesn't hear anything after that again we could have had that a little bit more in depth and then right at the end we could have had that whole it drops away so it just sort of sees that it's not gone it can come back and it's well, we, in we and saw out it go and come and go and come yeah. that scene is solely for the impact it has when the exes drop yeah i think they they really could have been clever with the audio and just have whenever he's it's from his perspective we get that numb noise we get the background noises disappeared and then in these impactful moments they could have upped the audio of the world around him a bit more so for our watch through and us paying attention we could have got the impact of what was happening and it not just be so drastic and sudden yeah no i'll agree with that so with this film the manga actually continues on slightly further than the film did should we say where the film ended yeah the film the film ends with the x's dropping yeah oh it yeah it does doesn't yeah, it? yeah that is it this ended Abruptly. i wanted i wanted another five ten minutes of something i get it and do that's you, why the manga continued do you know what i wanted slightly less what i wanted was the ending on the, the bridge. bridge the bridge yeah and that's I that was the, where i thought it naturally ended i again i would have wanted a little bit more from the bridge 
bridge. Maybe not this scene, but him at his and her relationship blossoming a bit more. Maybe not full, you know, moving in together and being yeah. being in a relationship, but ju- at least admitting to each other because it doesn't come across that they both admit it to each other. She says it to him, and I don't think that's ever returned. Again, I would have. They been... portray it as not being needed. I yeah. would have been happy with teach me how to live. Done. That could have been the end for me. So the manga basically tries to seal it out as what you're wanting and there's a few things that I highlight from the manga that happen. Now, he actually, at a moment, he stumbles into his house and there's somebody asleep in his bed in the manga and he doesn't know who it is and he pulls back the covers and Naoka's there. It's not what you think. Right. Right. She's not wanting him to snuggle up next to her. Basically, she's just she's just crashed there waiting for him to come home. So they go out together to the park and this is a moment where Naoka actually tells him that Kazuki and Kizuke, the chubby friend from back in the school days, yep. were the ones that pulled him out of the river when he dropped in we saw that in the movie though didn't we yeah no. they do reference to someone I pulls swear they reference now yeah, turns around and goes we were the ones that got you out but she never says who yeah but I thought no I thought what? they did reference that it was the blonde one and that, that pulled him out of the river I thought I, that I swear I said. already knew that yeah I think I, I do hear that when they maybe say maybe that's why this scene was cut because they put it possibly I don't remember it as, as a, a throwaway I, reference I think, I think it's a subtle hint that it was well not even so subtle I think it was a hint that those were the ones that did it I don't remember her in it but I remember his two mates doing that it was a throwaway that. reference as well by the way yeah. because it was very I think it needed to be established a bit better then if yeah. it was in oh, there yeah. I didn't pick it up she also turns around to him and admits that she's in love with him and that she's always been in love with him for a long time and that the reason that she bullied Shoko was because she was jealous of Shoko because she thought or knew that there was something going on with them all the time the whole time right and I hope this doesn't get any payoff she then leaves good and basically it all ends with them Shoko and Shoya talking about their future and what they want to do and we find out that Shoko has got a scholarship to a hairdressing school in Tokyo and Shoya's mum owns a hairdresser's so he decides to go with her to Tokyo and basically they both leave to go and study hairdressing together in Tokyo that's it and that's how the manga ends right. I don't like this does it imply that they are together share an apartment and yes stuff? right that I would have been it's heavily mean, implied that they go off together far. as a couple maybe a bit too far with too them, them being much. like oh we're gonna study everything together and be together but I think maybe if she went off and was like well I'd like to come with you because I love you well, too originally that might have been enough originally she's leaving and he doesn't want her to go he's like you can't go to Tokyo you'll get bullied you you can't do that all A your friends are here side, now yeah. yeah basically that and then he basically in the manga he goes around and asks each of the friends what they think of her leaving to Tokyo and he speaks to his mum and he comes to the conclusion that I'll go with her I would have been happy if he just admitted his love and was like well I'll come with you then I, w- I would have been happier with that and then end it on that so we don't know that they're but they didn't they never wanted to outright I'm glad that this make did, it a romance I'm, I'm glad yeah. that this did not come into the movie or then maybe have him to apply to a college in Tokyo too but admit to himself that he loves her yeah. and maybe not to her I, ju- I I think I just needed more than him doing it for redemption and it evolve into more a relationship a, of him or, wanting a relationship yeah. and then we got we would have got her wanting a relationship much earlier yeah. than what he did and then it's left up in the air for us to decide if they 
they work it out or not? I don't want this. They didn't want to. They didn't want to do love. They wanted to tackle Good. the problems, yeah. the which issues. they did really well, and they do it fantastically. And I'm happy that they didn't add in these extra scenes from the manga because yeah. it just taints the meaning and the background of this story for me. Like this story is designed to be not a romance or anything like that. It's designed to talk about the issues that we've already presented within the movie and to have the payoff of them not resolving them but coming to grips with the issues that they have what about then if this is a love movie it is it's a love it's, story and it's yeah. not a romance movie why don't they then address that they are in love with each other but not in a romantic way how about in that final scene where all the faces uh all the exes drop from faces and the sound comes back she grabs his hand and that's how it ends yeah. again it's, it's, it's just no, i'm sure they're holding hands prior to that anyway yeah. were they yeah i'm pretty I think sure so. i'm pretty no. sure they are I don't think they she are. She leads him but around, doesn't she? I'm sure all she all we have I to have. I don't know. All I'm saying is I, I wanted that. If you're going to say that you want that payoff, because I'm not saying right. I want that payoff anymore. Then let's not say it's a romantic payoff. Let's say it's a love payoff because they are different things. You can be in love with someone and not be romantically in love with someone. So why don't we have it so they at the same time admit that they love each other and then at the same time admit that as friends they have just grown that close? Right. I did research because one of my qualms with it was that I was one of those people that was like, I want the love to be mutual and I want to hear it. I did do a little bit of digging and I did find something that somebody had said on the internet that resonated with me. And I'll read it out. A silent voice is not a romance. However, it is a love story. Not writing Shoko and Shoya into a romantic couple shows that there's a difference between romance and loving someone. While there's no mutual confession their feelings are made clear. They support each other, they let each other be themselves, and they want to be a part of each other's lives. These are real things, and calling the relationship anything else is secondary. A silent voice demonstrates what it means to treat another person in a loving manner. If you were going to call it anything, it, true love would be the most appropriate. The ending of this movie is the beginning. I mean you true love then. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all I'm getting from this reference. That, that's what I would have wanted. I don't think there needs to be a romantic connection between these two people. I think that his love for her isn't shown enough near the end because we always see out of his necessity to just make amends for yeah. what he's done. And for it to evolve past that, I would have loved it a bit more obvious or one line, something like what she did where she just says, I love you. Yeah. And he doesn't understand. Maybe we have him say it and she just never hears it. Well, as soon, Again, as, soon as I read that text, that was enough for me to fall back away from hating the fact that then neither of them had said love yeah. because it then it put it in more better perspective for me just that bit of text yeah gave me such a better perspective of what the film was trying to portray in that sense without the issues without anything else just tackling the reason why they never said he, that they loved each other that was enough for me to then go do you know what that makes sense now i've read that everything i've just seen makes yeah. sense and i don't need that payoff now no i didn't need the payoff of a romantic relationship yeah. i don't think anyone wanted a payoff of a romantic relationship the it, movie this yeah, not what it would have been about. nice, but it's not what the movie's yeah. about. But I think it would have taken away from all the impact the movie's movie had throughout because it would have then just been a very boring love story where one guy forces himself into her life yeah. 
and then it ends in romance. That's that's not a great message. Yeah. It's a stalker. Yeah, which effectively is what he does at the beginning. He stalks his way into her life. He finds out where she goes to school and yeah. where she hangs out and stuff like that. This is because he wants to kill himself. Yeah, right? because, yeah. He wants because to... he's just trying to redeem yeah. redeem what he's done in the past and yeah. say sorry for it before he Offs does, himself. It, does yeah. himself in, which is, you know, a, it's a great motivational piece. But if he then admits his love for her, it moves beyond the I'm just doing it for me. Everything is implied the entire time. Yeah. Around their relationship, you have to connect the dots yourself. But they do make it clear enough when you look at everything that happens throughout. Yeah. You do understand that they are in love with each other. Yeah, well... It's just never put bluntly. Yeah, I think because we had it from her, I just really wanted it from him. There is a couple of other things that ticked me off a little bit in this film um one of them was his sister's face was always blanked out or covered why every scene oh yeah, that his yeah sister's you never in, saw his sister they cover his sister's face why i thought that was going to lead to something but it doesn't we see the sister's boyfriend the sister's kid we never see the sister's face every scene she's in it's either below the headshot or they cover her face with an arm or something i why that is odd. That is really odd. And secondary, his fucking shirt tag. <laughs> I did notice this. In I, every fucking scene, his shirt tag's sticking out. Why has nobody told him to put his fucking shirt I tag in? I think this is just a complete lack of effort on his part to Ugh. look good or take care of himself. Oh, it was so frustrating. It was frustrating. And it's it, it, it's irritating. If you ever had your shirt tag hang out, Ugh. you feel it. It's fucking annoying. You would have put that shit back. But well, if I, you've got real friends, they'll tell you yeah. your shirt tag's hanging With out. With his shirt tag hanging out, I genuinely thought as a kid, he looked like a character from a Gorillaz music video. That's <laughs> what does. he looked like, right? It really does. I just noticed that. He looks a bit like Noodles with his shirt tag out. Yep. Alright. Anyway, now I've got that off my chest. They are some real minor bugbears, by the way, with this yeah, film. Yeah, which says a lot about the movie. It says a hell of a lot about the movie, when the only gripes you've got are you don't see one person's face and there's a shirt tag, because I can't think of any other I have real gripe, gripe I have movie. a gripe. It's probably just mine, Yep. but the start is a little bit confusing for me. Uh, it, it takes a, at least five, ten minutes for me to understand yeah, but that's what's the point. going on. You're not supposed to know what's going yeah, on right I don't start. think it was confusing, but I can see how it would be confusing. I think a fix for that would have been to change structure the animation style slightly for memories. Yeah. I'm, Make I, it look different, so visually you understand understand this is a separate bit from the next bit from and I, then and now and i would like to have had it reinforced from his bridge scene why he stops why he prevents it there's not really a lot that connects to why he stops i, I, I don't think he actively could have gone through with it anyway i think he prevents it and stops purely because he remembers what he's done and he knows he's got to fix that first or he thinks he's got to fix that first but that's a lot of reading into a situation that you know later on yeah but I at think this point you don't know what's going we don't, on we, and that's we know fine. he's on the bridge I, you're supposed to connect the dots later on yeah that's I the know, point do you know what i would like to a scene between those kids playing one of them bullying the other kid. Well, they they do. They show, but they show the role reversal because they show him getting the other kids in headlocks and pushing them around. No, and no. Stuff like I'm that. on about in the scene where he's on the bridge and he sees the kids playing. I would have liked to have seen one of those kids. I just got the feeling he just potentially go through with it. And potentially then the, bullying. I, I thought this was because it flashed back to his childhood, and yeah. then we saw what he did in his childhood before it cut back. Yep. No, but I, I what, think, I, what I mean is, I would like to have seen like those kids that you saw playing. He, one of them, you being mean to no being mean to one then we get the flash yeah so then he can project himself onto that one kid yeah it wouldn't have been out of place but i think 
no, it would have then given you context to thinking, okay, he's now thought about, I've got unfinished business, which I, I need to deal yeah, with. Yeah, I think the entire flashback scene is to, well... I've got to fix this first because he he doesn't want it's not that he doesn't want to he just sees that he's got this open-ended thread where he's got to make this, amends yeah but this is this moment this childhood moment is the start of all his problems later yeah, on exactly it's where think, he the pinnacle of what, it all that's but what the kids what, remind him of it's not about reminding him of you know one of them has to look like him for him to be reminded I think he's just reminded of his childhood and then we see the problems that he caused in his childhood and he's like well fuck yeah but you get what I mean where it would have been nice to have a little bit of reference to why he stopped I don't think you want to give away too much of the plot. No, in but the that's first not really giving away the, the plot because in like three minutes later, you're going to get the why he then resonates with what he's just seen on that bridge. I just feel that you're saying it's a flashback, but that flashback lasts what? 15, 20 minutes. So it's not really like a short yeah. thing where you then go back it's to the not bridge. Short, what definitely you see not. is him go up onto the bridge. He's about to jump. He sees the kids and then he steps down. Then it goes into a flashback. Yeah. I would have liked to have rather have would seen. Would you rather step down after the flashback? Yes. Don't we get the kitchen scene after the flashback? Yes, we mom, do. Where his mum's like fans his note and stuff no, like that. You see no, what no, I mean? no, no. You, you get, don't get, you get the childhood flashback of him having fun, which then leads into where all his problems started. Yeah. And, and then the after that, he then Shoko. goes and sees Shoko. Right. So you don't. Get However, that. later on, it's referenced that he went to see Shoko before he was going to kill himself because he wanted to make amends. So they do kind of slightly confuse the timeline there because I think we're expected to believe that he saw Shoko prior to getting on the bridge. All I'm saying is clean it up a bit. Just clean it up a bit. All I want is a little bit of a neater and tidier bit there. It's not a major bugbear. Like, believe me, yeah. that is me I'm just saying, looking at I, it. I and didn't going, think anything was out of place. Could it have been done better? Yes. Could like I've said, you, a bit you more have clearly? to yes. have a bit of context to some of this situation as well. Because at that moment, you're about, what, three minutes into the movie? Not even that. And you're like, well, why is he doing this? Yeah, I understand what he's doing, but why? Okay, give me a little bit of context to, oh, he's seen this. That must resonate with him somehow. Because he, kids having fun and playing is not doesn't really directly correlate to what he then fleshes back to. Yeah. It doesn't for me. I mean, it's. I think it's just kids and then his childhood. I, that, that's all I took it as. I just took it as him just not going through with it. Just deciding that there's another way. That's all I took it as. I didn't need anything else. See, I don't even know that. At that point i don't think that he was i didn't get the there's another way thing i got the i need to fix this first yeah that's what i got yeah i can see that more of but do you get how i would rather then see the flashback and then him stepping down and going i need to fix this sort of thing do you get what i mean so no because the flashback is of him having fun and then we get the whole moment of the scene where all his problems start well no what i mean is like you're 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 talking about putting in a massive chunk of the movie prior to him climbing down off the bridge yeah what you're saying yeah, we could have seen all of the childhood parts where he realises, oh, I actually need to fix this. Then he steps down from the bridge and goes and actually deals with that problem. It's a big restructuring of the movie. It's not a massive restructure. It's like moving one cutscene to a different place. You can have that. I would rather have seen him standing on the bridge, having that flashback going all the way through what happened during his childhood, how he was bullying and all that. Then he steps down and he realises he needs to talk, that he needs to talk and deal with this problem through going and talking to show you see ashoka sorry i think you're being very critical yeah i think i think you're asking for something that that isn't necessary i think it was done well enough 
without it being without it giving away a lot of the plot points and surprises that came later. No, but what I'm saying is it just tidies it up. It's not a major thing. It's just it tidies messy. it. I didn't think it was messy. Either. I do. I think it was a messy scene. Like there's a lot for you to. You get it later. You get context later. I think a lot of the, a lot of this movie does that though, where it is later. There's a payoff for something yeah. earlier, and you don't understand it when you first see it, and then later on you're like you get a callback to understand something else that happened 20 minutes ago this movie hits all the notes it's supposed to hit yeah it tackles every problem it's supposed to tackle i think it more than tackles the issues that it's trying to it actively makes you think about them during the movie it, yeah makes you feel yeah. guilt makes you feel you get worry guilt and, fear and anger and, and worry and concern it. pain it frustration. goes it goes through them the spe- you go through so many emotions throughout this film yeah you do go through the mill and it tackles everything it's ha- depression anxiety suicide everything just gets tackled bullying it tackles everything it's supposed to it is well made and what even we- love is thrown in so there so what do we think the main theme of this movie is is it to tackle and show the effects of bullying is it to tackle and show the effects of suicide because it does them all it's heavy around depression and anxiety which obviously lead to suicide yeah. and things like that I thought it was a huge movie about bullying and the effects that it can have the non- I, I don't think it was about suicide and the reasons behind it. No, I disagree. I think this was a bully movie. I disagree. I think it's depression and anxiety because we see a lot of the meanings and that behind it. They make a big deal right at the end about the meaning. We also see the bully carry on being a bully all the way through. Well, I think everything knocks on to the next thing. The yeah. bullying led to the anxiety, which led to depression, which led ultimately to him attempting suicide and Shoko which almost going through why suicide. I think this is a bullying movie. The main thing that you it's take away from this start. is if you don't do that, none of these things would have happened. They might have happened True. for different reasons. Maybe because life throws you curveballs all the time time but i don't think anything else would have happened if the bullying didn't happen why can't it be both it why can, can it, it not is, be? It is but both. that's what i said everything yeah. knocks on to the next yeah, thing it one is thing both. leads to another but i think if anyone was to watch this and take away something major from this it might not be that suicide isn't the answer it might not be that people have anxiety i think the big huge thing to take away from this is don't be a prick to other people because you don't know what the fuck you could cause your actions have consequences yeah yeah and consequences you might not necessarily know and we get it from a lot of different perspectives that we don't understand what someone else is going through we get it from the mum that we're not supposed to understand what she's going through why she's so straight to anger we get it from the female bully that all the way through why she is so resistant to change because she's just trying to impress the boy and that's all she knows she's just a bitch yeah but at the end we do get her to start to put in some effort with people to just be nice even if she's insulting someone she says it from a different place I felt it didn't come from bullying. It came from, you know, when uh, when one of us goes, oh, you fucking twat. It came from there. It was just a, a, a different place. A different attempt at affection. Yeah, because that's all she knows and she's growing. But the fact that she did it in sign language means that she's put the effort in to connect with her, which is why she's so happy. And she doesn't take away that, you know, she called me a moron. She took away, she talked to me in my language because she's gone out of her way to do so. And we see it through the whole movie. The mum deals with things in different ways. The kid deals with things in different ways. A little sister goes through it as well 
It touches so many points. So many points. So many. Have you guys got a favourite scene? Um, fuck me, that's a hard one because it's just it's so crammed with such important strong scenes. I don't think there is a scene in this that could be thrown away. My problem is no. it's hard hitting scenes. I the, don't know if I've the, got the a, video a on the Ferris wheel hit hard. Yeah, yeah, but that's but hard hitting. It's not a favourite scene for me. It's... Him falling off the balcony hit hard these moments hit hard you can't say they're favorite but they're crucial and they're crucial to your feelings about the movie i think i do i think i can pick one which stands out as something that i liked more than the others but even then it's by a hair and it is just her stood outside the hospital with such resilience i loved that night and day sunshine and rain she stood there to just do something that she doesn't have to do because she's just got such a level of resistance for other people but not herself mm. and that is so relatable for a lot of people and so hard-hitting for a lot of people Monty, i love you bridge scene again yeah something and it hits really hard but it's such an important part of her character that she is so forgiving and caring for other people but not herself and we don't know that yet yeah and that's the thing like at that moment when I look at this movie I think yeah it's got a lot of hard hitting issues but this is a romance but then after that scene we then get the translation to this isn't a romance this is just a love story that tackles issues which tackles serious issues so how are we going to rate this who's giving it what so I think my rating guys is going to be a 9 out of 10 I love this movie movie um it's a standalone we have to deal with what we've got right there yes like i said i've got minor issues with it but actually no i love it for what it is because i struggled so hard with any moments that i didn't like and the issues it tackled i gave it nine and a half out of ten very close to being everything that i needed from it this movie hits home very very hard and i will i'll match you it's it's a nine and a half from me this is so close to being a perfectly contained movie with doesn't need any changes or fixes that it is that close to being a perfect movie. I've got no complaints about it being a nine and a half. Like mine was just sitting there at the nine because I have my minor qualms with it. But again, my minor qualms can be a 9.5. I've got no problems with that being 9.5. So we're going to go with a 9.5 out of 10? 9.5 out of 10. I don't think any of us can stress enough how much you should go away and watch this movie if you haven't seen it or just to re-watch the movie. You'll learn something. It's been a while. You will learn something watching this movie. It's an amazing piece of work. It's a lot harder. Um, These issues hit home, I would imagine, for some of us. More than others. Yep, more than others. Um, The issues in this film tackle things that you guys may see, you listeners may see in your everyday life. And I think it's perfect. Perfect. Once again, if you're going through any of the issues in this movie or any of the issues we've spoken about, we will leave links in our description for help. Don't have a silent voice. Please reach out. On that note, it's time for us to chuff off again. You can join us next time where we'll be changing the pace and reviewing Season 1, Episode 1-6 to of Space Dandy. If you want to reach out or have any questions, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at HowNotToSummon. I've been Shinny Senpai. I've been Jim. I've been Grayson. Bye. See you later, guys. Tara.
Hey guys, Grayson here. Um, I'm going to ramble a bit and I'm going to leave this unedited. It's late here and I'm tired, but I've got the episode done and the ending just isn't sound. It needed explaining a little bit, I think. So, I wanted to take a few minutes just to address something at the end there that might have sounded a bit, I don't know, uh, overreaching for the audience to understand purely based on us three. We're mates, like, um, we're a part of each other's lives and we like to bring you guys into that a little bit in this very condensed kind of concentrated laugh track that we make that we call a podcast. Um, at the end there, Jim was trying to bait into a conversation with one of us, and that would be me. Um, Jim did nothing wrong. Uh, I'm very open to a conversation. I just didn't think it was the right place to have an open-ended conversation with two people around the table. Um, But I am more than happy to have that conversation by myself with you guys, and it not be too much for me to, to, to deal with. Um, a year and a half ago, two years ago-ish, I, I did what this movie is about. Um, the details aren't really important. The hows aren't really important. Um, I ended up in hospital and fucking God, God bless my friends for fucking putting me there because I went through with it, and my friends, fucking superheroes, timed everything to a fucking needlepoint perfection to make sure that I survived. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And... And I'm... I'm the evidence that, and the proof, and I'm a fucking ambassador for this. It's not the fucking answer. It's really not. I made a mistake that day. I really did. It's not a one-day mistake either. That was 32 years of my life that led me to that point. Just a lot of pain, a lot of regrets, and a lot of mistakes. And I didn't deal with it at all. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't reach out to anyone. No one knew my problems. And I'm a very... I was. I was. I'm not anymore. I was a very proud, strong kind of person. What I thought was strong. And it wasn't. Me bottling up my emotions and what I felt, even on a day-to-day basis, let alone when something actually emotionally disruptive came along and hit me like a train, I didn't flinch. And I thought that was a sign of strength. 
me coping, but it, it really wasn't. It was me bottling up years of pain and anger and just raw, horrible, negative emotions. And honestly, I wish I'd have talked to some of my friends. Um, I've accumulated over my 34 years on this planet some amazing people in my life that I, I didn't know how amazing they were. I'm talking Jim and Sheeny who sit with me when we do this podcast and my beautiful partner Fran and Kev David Liam from Liam from Best Film Ever these people are fucking rocks they're such fantastic Wonderful, kind people. (sighs) And without these people, I wouldn't have made it this far. And that's really upsetting to say. Because I shouldn't have put that particular burden on them. I should have put the burden of what I was going through and what I had been through beforehand on them because that's what friends are for. And you've got these friends. They exist in your life right now. You might not know it and you might take people as, you know, come and go friends. They might be, you might think they're acquaintances. You might I guarantee you they're closer than what you think. And these are the people that you should lean on because they want to be leaned on. They really do. They will listen to you and listen to you and listen to you. And when they can't help you personally, they will direct you to somewhere or someone or give you an idea of something that will help you. I... I'm lucky enough to be in England, we have the NHS, and I I fucking fell, fell in love with that fucking place. The people in in where I stayed for, for a while was so helpful and caring and kind, and it didn't cost me a fucking penny because of this goddamn NHS system we have in place that's fucking beautiful. I understand that some people listening to this aren't lucky enough to have that. So please, before you get to the point that I did, just talk to someone. There are charities, which I will link below. We've already said that. We will put them in the in the show description. Um, and we'll do that for, for multiple countries, the major ones. Um, but please, just, just don't do nothing. Just don't do nothing. Help is available, whether you like it or not, it's fucking there, and use it, really fucking use it, don't don't end up where I was, because you'll be a blubbering mess on the other end of a microphone trying to convince other people not to do it, 
or worst case scenario, you succeed and you don't get the opportunity to see that life isn't what you think it is and you're not a burden to people like you think you are. And when you unload your emotions and you unload all your problems and you start peeling back to somewhere where you can be trusting enough in someone else and they're comfortable enough to see you being vulnerable that you can actually survive and live your life and be a very <laughs> cliche but a very normal person. You, these pains aren't going to go away. They're not going to disappear ever, ever, ever. The pains that I felt 20 years ago are still there with me. But they're not... They're, they're not conditional on my destruction. They're quite the opposite. My survival is based on the things that I've been through and overcome. They're no longer hurdles that are in front of me that they're mountains that I've climbed behind me and can say that I have done so I've earned that fucking badge and I won't be fucked with in that way again and I know your problems are going to be different to my problems and I, your problems might be fucking monumental compared to mine but it doesn't mean that they're not solvable and they're not survivable. And I guarantee you there's someone out there that'll listen to whatever your problem is. And if there isn't, if there really, really isn't, and I mean, if there's no one that you can think of, you got us. And that's a genuine offer. You, you can send us a DM on any of our social networks um, you can contact me directly on Twitter if you want um, at LA Grayson. You can you can slide into my DMs and we'll we'll talk about stuff and I'll be very open and honest about what I've been through to see if it helps you or even if just listening to you helps you because that's what I needed because I was too much of a butch bloke. I mean I'm not. I'm fucking five foot ten and. I'm getting a beer belly in the middle age spread, but I was too much of a manly man to just talk about my shit. Instead, I had to fucking put on some front and play a jester all the time so people wouldn't ask questions, and that's not a way to go through life. It's really not. Um, you can make people laugh, but at the end of the day, you you need that too. You need someone that makes you laugh. And you need to be able to accept the fact that you're not there for people's amusement and you're not there to just help them. They are here, there to help you when you need it too. Friendship and love and care and your family and your friends and everyone around you, it's a two-way relationship. It's not them leaning on you. It's everyone picking each other up just a little bit and taking a little bit away from different people and you need to you need to do that and you need to open up to allow yourself to do that otherwise you'll end up where I was and I don't want anyone to be there
So, genuinely, jump on our Discord, contact us directly, or or find someone that you can actually talk to. Cheers for, for staying beyond the song, guys, and having a listen. I'll see you in the next episode.